Yeah. 
last song for us out there, would you please? You have so much to be thankful for, don't we? You have so much to be thankful for. I want you to think of the words of this. Sometimes we sing it a lot and we don't really think about the words. But I want you to think about these words. As the world looks upon me, as I could pay our sin debt in full. Boy, he was a sinless son of God. And he went and shed his holy blood to cover every single sin. 
This old world, past, present, and future. Boy, I'm about to shout. These songs has got me stirred up. I'm about to skip and I ain't even started preaching yet. I mean, I'll fly away. I feel like I am. And to sing, thank you, Lord, how grateful I am. And to sing about I saw the light. I thank God for that day his light shined in my darkness and showed me where I was headed and where I could head to. And I'm glad I got saved the moment I received Jesus into my heart. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's all stand. I wonder, is there anybody here and you're with us for the first time here at Hopewell? Would you raise your hand? Do we have anybody first time with us? Thank you so much for coming and worshiping with us today. As a choir comes down, let's shake hands. Tell somebody it's good to see them today. ushers ready to take up our offering for this morning I want to say as we're getting ready to take our offering up and you're still shaking hands I don't want you to miss the service tonight we've got a big service tonight at six o'clock and uh, if you're planning on coming I want to encourage you to come early to get a seat we've got Karen Peck and New River will be with us this evening singing uh, Tommy Fountain will be preaching, our association, uh, our churches and our association will be with us and uh, we're looking for a great service and our evangelism rally that the association does every year at this time. 
and uh, don't want you to miss it. And uh, I gave Brother Ken the itinerary for tonight so the ushers will know uh, when we get ready to take up the offering uh, when to do that. And uh, we want those that are singing in the choir to be here. Please come. It, we want to fill our choir up this evening, and we want you to make plans to come this evening. But I want your mind to be focused on right now, not this evening. And I want us to see what the Lord has for us this morning. And uh, let's pray for the offering and ask God to bless it. Let's also ask God to touch and bless Brother Ron as he'll be coming to sing before I preach. And then, if you will, let's please remember Lindsay Sharp and the family this morning in prayer. Ask that the Lord will just touch that family in a special way uh, during this time. So let's ask God's blessings. May we, Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity once again to come to your house. Lord, I'm just uh, thrilled to be here. Lord, I've been blessed through the songs because they've all been about you. And Lord, each song sung's reminded me that when you took me to Calvary, and what you did for me the day you saved me. And the joy that I have today to be able to worship you. And to have that peace within my heart. And Lord, I pray that if there be somebody here that's lost. And Lord, they don't know what that means. Because they've never received you into their heart. Lord, I just pray that as you convict them. Lord, they know the need of of you in their life I just pray that they'll come today and be saved Lord bless the offering that we're getting ready to take we ask your blessings upon it Lord we ask you to bless Hopewell Baptist Church and Lord you have and you always Lord even go above and beyond Lord what we need and we thank you for that and Lord I pray you'd use brother Ron as he comes to sing that you would touch him Lord, that you would just feel him. Oh, that the song he sings would touch our hearts and minister to us. And oh, that you'd become real, Lord, in our lives at this very moment. And Lord, I pray the same thing as the word is opened. God, I need help and I ask you to anoint me and to use me this morning. Lord, that you're seen and not me. Lord, I want you to be pleased. I want you to be lifted up and honored and glorified because that's why we're here. In Jesus' name, amen. But uh, uh, I had a completely different song when I, I left home this morning. I was going to sing, but God changed my mind on this. And uh, I, I want, uh, I'd, I'd like to ask you all to pray for me, please. Um, I, I went to Lexington Friday and had a had a, a, a procedure done, and, and uh, I've got to go back Tuesday. I've got something going on with my kidneys, and they're going to check that out Tuesday. And uh, I, I got to thinking in Sunday school this morning about our Sunday school lesson, and I got to thinking about what do people do that don't that don't have God to turn to? Amen. When we come to the end of ourselves. The only thing we got is him, amen. amen. 
And that's where I was at Friday. I, I was so weak and so sick that uh, uh, it was about all I could do to just crawl in the car and lay down. Amen. And uh, I prayed all the way home. Amen. That, that was all I had on my mind. And, and I got to thinking about this song this morning and I got to thinking about a time in my life when I was where I shouldn't be. I was going places I shouldn't have went and doing things I shouldn't have done. But when I come to the when I come to myself and I made that turn to God, He was already there. He was standing there with arms open wide, amen. And he ran to me and he took me in his arms, amen, and I've never been the same. And he's kept me ever since, amen. And I'm satisfied that he'll keep me to the end, amen. And I know where I'm going. Blake, I think of you, Blake, when I, I thought of this song, and that's, I, I want to sing this song. Need a little volume on that, on these monsters back. You left started over and give me some volume on the monitor. I can't hear it. Almighty God, the great I am, immovable rock. Omnipotent, powerful, awesome Lord, victorious warrior, commanding King of kings, mighty conqueror, and the only time, the only time I ever saw him run. Was when he ran to me, he took me in his arms, held my head to his chest, said, my son's come home again. He lifted my face, wiped the tears from my eyes with forgiveness in his voice. He said, son, do you know I still love you? He caught me by surprise. When God rained The day I left home I knew I'd broken his heart And I wondered then If things could ever be the same Then one night I remembered his love for me and down that dusty road ahead I could see it was the only time it was the only time I ever saw him run and then he ran to me he took me in his arms held my head to his chest and my son's come home again he lifted my face Wiped the tears from my eyes 
with forgiveness in his voice. He said, son, do you know I still love you? He caught me by surprise. And he brought me to my knees when God rang. I was so ashamed all along and so far And now I know he'd been waiting for that day. I saw him run to me. He took me in his arm, held my head to his chest. Said, my son's come home again. He lifted my face, wiped the tears from my eyes. With forgiveness in his voice, I felt his love for me again. He ran to me. He took me in his arms, held my head to his chest. Said, my son's come home again. He lifted my face, wiped the tears from my eyes. With forgiveness in his voice, he said, son. He called me son. He said, son, do you know I still love you when God ran, he ran to me when God ran. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to two places with me. Uh, Second Samuel chapters 9, if you'll hold your place there in Second Samuel 9, and then go to the book of Galatians chapters 2. Second Samuel chapters 9 and Galatians chapters 2. I want to get my text out of the book of Galatians, and then I want to use the I want to tie the Old Testament in this illustration as an example in the Old Testament in talking about what we're going to talk about here in the book of Galatians. I want to go back. I want to read verses 19 through 21 of Galatians chapters 2. Now, before I read, we are all... I want you to picture this. We are all sitting at the table of God. And you have a plate in front of you. Uh, God has passed out the plates at God's table. And I want to preach on grace. And I, you know how... The waitress will come when you go to eat and they'll bring your food and you've got it on your plate and they'll say, enjoy. God has a plate in front of each one of us and it's called grace that's on it. Enjoy this morning. Notice Galatians 2 verse 19. For I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God 
I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now here's where I want to get my text from, verse 21. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. I think sometimes we try to put more into salvation than what it really is. We try to, sometimes, if we don't catch ourselves, we try to go back under the law with its rules and regulations. Paul said, when Jesus died on that cross, I died with him. As though I was on that cross with him. He, we are to die to self when he saved us. For he died for us. Now, we have before us a meal that is nutritious and it's delicious. Boy, I can't wait to take a bite out of it. For Paul here in his epistle to the Galatians deals with the grace of God. Throughout this book, you'll find where Paul pleads passionately with the Galatians. And he pleads with them that they not get entangled with the works of the law, but that they might remain in the simplicity of grace. Now, what is grace? Grace, God's riches at Christ's expense, it is the unearned, I want you to get this, undeserved unmerited favor of God. In other words, we get the riches of God and blessings from God all because of what Jesus did for us on the cross of Calvary. When he shed his blood and he paid our sin debt in full. Now, there's only one thing That will keep us from being blessed by God. One thing. And that is sin. For sin will cut the flow of God's blessings from our lives. Now. But because. Boy I'm about to. But because. Our sins have been washed away. In the blood of the Lamb. All barriers have been removed. Boy, aren't you thankful for that? Let me give you an illustration of what I'm talking about because here Paul is saying, I do not frustrate the grace of God. If God wants to bless me for no reason, if God wants to 
bring, pour out his goodness upon me and provide salvation for me. If God wants to do that by his grace, because of what Jesus did for me, I will gladly accept it. Let me give you an illustration here. Suppose you wanted to take somebody or someone out and show your appreciation for them and you take them out to eat. And you spend time together at the table of fellowship and all of a sudden the waitress brings the bill. And the guest that you invited grabs the bill and says, I'm paying for it. And you say, no, you're not. I'm paying for it. I'm the one that invited you, and I want to do this for you. It's my way of showing you how much I appreciate you. Now, I've been here before, and I learned my lesson the hard way in ministry. There was a dear, precious friend in Georgia, still is. And boy, I love this man. Every Thursday, he'd take me out for breakfast. Every Thursday. It was like clockwork. And if he was sick, we did it on another day. And he'd always say to me, Thank you for spending time with an old man. He was about late 70s at that time. Right now, he's 85. And I love old John Staney. He's a blessing. And he's made... In fact, I want to thank him for spending time with the preacher and making an impact on my life. And one day he took me and I grabbed the ticket and I, don't know you're not. And I said, yeah, I don't want you to do it. He said, don't rob me of a blessing. Boy, ever since then, I don't do that no more. And suppose that person you invited grabs the bill, the waitress, and he... You're arguing back and forth and he still ends up with the bill and he gives the waitress the check card and she goes and she runs the card and it's declined saying insufficient funds. Well, about 10 minutes later, the police show up and put your friend in handcuffs, takes him off to jail where later he's executed for insufficient funds. Now, you would be frustrated indeed. Not only because your friend was too proud to let you pay the bill, but also because he was incapable of paying it in the first place. Now, watch this. God wants to bless you and me by paying the bill. But if you say, I'm going to pay for it myself, Sooner or later, you're going to discover that your funds are completely insufficient. You're going to figure out quickly that you just don't have the funds to cover it. And when we think about this right here, I want to mention this because by refusing to accept the grace of God, not only will you be poor for it presently, but you'll suffer eternally. Now, I have the, the secret that I have discovered in the Christian life is the same one that Paul will propagate throughout the book of Galatians. 
And that is we are to let God bless us without giving him a reason to do so. You say, what in the world are you talking about? Let me give you an illustration. Well, Lord, I've prayed a lot this week, and I, des and I deserve for you to bless me. Lord, I went to church this week, not just once, but twice. Woo! And I expect you to come through for me. Now, folks, if we relate to the Lord in that way through works, rules, regulations, and bartering with God, He will let you. If you say, Lord, give me what I've earned, give me what I've deserved, He'll give you what you deserved, and He'll reward you according to what you've earned, and it won't be very much. But, it's when I realize that God's blessings are solely according to His mercy that God will pour out His uh, the undeserved, unearned, unmerited favor upon my life. Wow. It's then that I realize how good God's been and He saved me by it. It wasn't nothing that I do or don't do. It's all because of what He's done. And I'm talking about that in a salvation sense if you're lost. Because if you think you've got to do certain works to get into heaven, you're certainly fooled, my friend. That's not biblical. We work for the Lord after we get saved. Because of what he did in our lives. It working to get to heaven has nothing to do with getting to heaven. Joining the church has nothing to do with getting to heaven. Counting Hail Mary beads has nothing to do with getting to heaven. Being a good person, giving to charity won't get you to heaven. But there's only one thing that'll get you to heaven. For my hope is in the blood of the Lamb. And that's the only thing that will get us into heaven. That's the only thing that when God looks at you and me, He doesn't see us, but He sees His Son through the blood. That's what gets us to heaven. Boy, isn't it so simple that all we've got to do is trust and put faith in Him and that's all it takes to get to heaven. But boy, listen, don't frustrate the grace of God. Don't grab the bill this morning because your funds are not capable of paying or covering it anyway. But instead, just let God bless you and respond with praise and worship and thanksgiving this morning. And say, thank you, Lord. Let him bless you without giving him a reason to do so. Because he just simply is blessing you and me solely according to his mercy and his grace. In 2 Samuel chapters 9, let me, in this story, we have a beautiful illustration of this principle. In 2 Samuel chapters 9, let me give you four things here and I'll be done. Remember, we've got our plate in front of us. Don't forget about that. Here we find four things that 
we see in this story. I want us to notice in verses 1 through 5 how David sought Mephibosheth. The Bible said, and David said, Is there any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now, here's David, and due to his love for Jonathan, David sends for Jonathan's servant, Ziba. And he asks, is there any left of the house of Saul that I may show kindness for Jonathan's sake or for his father's sake? I'm going somewhere. <laughs> it's it's going to get good here in a minute. Can I just say this? That was a radical gesture to make considering in David's day, Whenever a king came into power, the previous king's household would be annihilated. Why? To prevent any rivalries or to prevent descendants from moving and trying to regain the throne. Now, Jonathan had a son named Mephibosheth. And his name means a living shame. He was hiding out down there in Lodabar, the house of, I mean the place of Lodabar, which means nothingness. Here is, he's down there and old Ziba speaks up and says, David, Jonathan has a son down there who's lame on both of his feet. How would you like to be a living shame, living in a place of nothingness. And if that wasn't bad enough, he was lame on both of his feet. We find back in 2 Samuel chapters 4 that when David came into power, Mephibosheth's nurse, when he was five year old, picked him up, took off running, and she stumbled and fell and dropped him. And he became lame because of the fall. Lord have mercy. Do you see the analogy? Mephibosheth is a picture of us. I mean we were a living shame. We are a living shame. And because of the fall in Adam, we've been lame ever since. And I mean we afraid of the king. We, we fled away from him the best we could. But what did our king do? He said, I want to bless those who are a living shame, who are living in nothingness, who can't stand or walk because of the fall. And he sent not a servant, but he sent the Holy Ghost himself to seek us. Lord have mercy. He came to where we were. And he showed us our need for the Savior. And that we were lost, undone, without God and without hope. And we were on our way to hell. And Jesus said, I love you so much. I don't want you to go there. 
I created you and I love you and let me the only way I can do it is send my son who is sinless to take your sin seemingly upon himself on that cross and he took God's hand and he took man's hand and he bridged the gap he reconciled us to Christ Lord have mercy boys anybody happy this morning I mean, Kentucky won. They didn't lose. That's why when I hear that, I think, boy, that crowd will be lively. And if they lose, I'm going, oh, me. I'm going to have to have a, one of them fired-up sermons. I want you to think about this. He sought Mephibosheth. The Holy Ghost sought us. We didn't go to God. He came to where we were. But then I want you to notice number two. What David showed Mephibosheth in verse 6 and 7. Now when Mephibosheth the son of Jonathan the son of Saul was come unto David he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said Mephibosheth and he answered behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. Now I want to ask something right here. Was kindness shown to Mephibosheth because he had it all together? No, he was a living shame. Was it because he had a steadfast walk? No, he was lame. Was it because he was in a place of significance? No, he was living in Lodabar, the place of nothingness. And David said, I want to bless you, Mephibosheth, because of my love for your daddy, because of my love for Jonathan. I mean, when we think about this, I can just see him say, I know you're a living shame. And I know that you're living in nothingness. And I know that you had a great fall. And I know that you're lame on both feet. And I know that you've been running from me. And I know you're afraid of me. But David said, Mephibosheth, I want to show kindness to you for your dad's sake. And I want to say this morning, that our heavenly father wants to show us kindness for the sake of his son Jesus we don't even have to give him a reason to do so we don't have a reason by the way to do so why our righteousness are as filthy rags in his sight we're all sinners saved by grace boy I'm telling you that grace is getting better on my plate And I want you to notice thirdly where David seated Mephibosheth in verses 9 through 13 for sake of time. I want you to notice verse 13. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem and he did eat continually at the king's table and was lame on both of his feet. I love that last phrase. He did eat continually at the king's table. That means Mephibosheth did not proudly walk to the king's table. 
No, he either crawled to the king's table. Boy, I like that, Brother Ron. You felt like you was crawling into your car. Here, he crawled. He either crawled to the king's table or he was carried there. <laughs> Man, that gets good. Somebody might say, well, they might be thinking, well, I'm saved now. And man, I've, I've got to, in order to eat at the king's table, I've got to get my walk together. If I'm going to be blessed by the Lord, I've got to stand strong. Not true. Like Mephibosheth, all you've got to do is crawl to him. All you've got to do is let him carry you. Oh, when he carries you, there ain't nobody carried you like he did. I mean, Mama carried me. And there ain't nothing no, nothing no better than Mama when she carried me when I was young. And even as an older person, in some sense of the way, Mama does still carry me. I thank God for my Mama. But there ain't nobody has a love like Mama. But I'm going to tell you somebody that's got a love greater than Mama. Who can carry you greater than Mama. And it's the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm glad that He lives in my heart. And He carries me in His arms. And He gives me the strength that I need. And He gives me comfort when I need to be comforted. I'm glad that He's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He's my companion. He's the dearest friend I ever had. He's been with me through thick and thin. When times were great, when times were difficult, in times of poor seasons, in times of prosperity, when I was up on the mountain, when I was down in the valley, I'm here to tell you, He's been with me every step of the way. He's the dearest friend I ever had. Boy, I'm telling you, when you think about this, if you remember, it was Peter, after he denied the Lord three times, that Jesus said to him in John 21, 12, Come and dine. Come and dine. Peter, do you love me? Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. After he denied him three times. Did you know that the Lord does the same thing for us today? Who are just crawling along as God's children. I mean trying to take it one day at a time. Realizing we're nothing and he's everything. And the only way we're going to get through that day is if we lean on him. And we depend on him. And we trust him. And the Lord says to us as well, Come and dine, the Master calleth, come and dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitude turned the water into wine. Whew. Have you ever thought about who you're sitting with? 
dining with the one who fed the multitude and the one who turned the water into wine and the one who raised the dead and the one who healed the sick and the one who caused the lepers to be clean and the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak and he cleaned up the dirty he defended the lonely he saved lost sinners and aren't you glad he dines with you and me he dines with us oh come and dine he says to you and me this morning he says I'm not blessing you according to what you've done or who you are I'm blessing you because I love my son and I'm I like this and I'm perfecting you as a bride for him boy that gets good I want you to notice fourthly why Mephibosheth stayed with David turn with me if you will to 2nd Samuel chapters 19 one verse verse 24 2 Samuel 19, verse 24. Watch what this says. And Mephibosheth, the son of Saul, came down to meet the king and had neither dressed his feet nor trimmed his beard nor washed his clothes. From the day the king departed, watch this, until the day he came again in peace. You see, Mephibosheth had remained loyal to David even when others had turned against him or turned away from him. If you remember, Absalom, David's own son, had launched a rebellion against his daddy and against his kingdom. And if you remember, he took control of the city of Jerusalem and he drove David out of that city. But Mephibosheth remained loyal to David. Scriptures tell us that he didn't wash his clothes, that he didn't take care of his feet, that he didn't trim his beard. Listen, church, so impressed was Mephibosheth with David's kindness, so amazed was Mephibosheth by David's love, that though he placed his life in jeopardy, he refused to acknowledge any other king. The same is true of us today. We are here right now because we are so impressed with the goodness of God. Mm. So impressed with the goodness of God. And like Mephibosheth, through difficult times and great times, prosperity times and poor times Lord let me just put it this way we choose to stand by the one that's been so good to us and his name is Jesus Mephibosheth stayed with him remained loyal to him because of his kindness and his love let me say you're at the table and we're closing I got three points for my closing. You say, preacher, my plate. I know Mephibosheth may have 
crawled or been carried to the king's table. But at least he got to eat of the king's food. And quite frankly, preacher, this morning, my plate has nothing on it. Oh, let me give you three steps to consider when you feel like you're in that spot. Three words that start with an R. The first one is repent. You see, if you think that you've got to earn God's favor by your devotion and your commitment, repent. Say, Lord, I've been so foolish. I've been saved by your marvelous grace, which is a free gift. And I've been going back under the law with its rules and regulations. I'm through, Lord, making barters with you and deals with you. Instead, I realize that every good and perfect gift comes from you by grace. So whatever it is that you give me, I know it'll be the best. Number two, request. Maybe you're sitting there at your plate and you say, Preacher, I'm not trying to earn favor, God's favor. Have you requested lately? I remember growing up, Whenever I wanted something to eat, all I had to do was ask. So many times, folks, so many times, we have not because we ask not. We failed to ask the Lord in James 4, 2. Can I just say this? Jesus is not saying to us, work, 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 and then I'll answer you. No. He's saying, ask, talk to me. I'm your Abba. I'm your Father. I want to develop communion with you. And I want to cultivate a relationship with you and fellowship with you. All you got to do is talk to me. Maybe you're still there with your plate. And you say, preacher, I've repented and I've requested, but my plate's still empty. Then you need to do the third thing, just rest. After you repent and after you've requested, just rest in whatever God decides to do in His sovereignty. It may be that you need to go on a diet. Maybe you've been asking the Lord for root beer floats and apple pie and chocolate chip cookies when the Lord knows that we need something entirely different. You've come to the Lord's table saying, I want hot fudge sundaes and chocolate-covered brownies. And the Lord says, I know that you think they'll be delicious, and they may, but just for a season until you find yourself in the dentist chair here in the drill hum. You know what he's saying to us? I know where you're at, and I know you think you know what's best. But trust me, I want the absolute best for you. And what you're asking of me will wipe your faith out, distract you from the kingdom, and make you poor in heaven. He said, all I want you to do, you've asked of me, now I'm asking you to just trust me for whatever I'm getting ready to send your way. Relax. Rest in what he decides to do. We're sitting here at the king's table. 
And as God blesses us, church, we need to respond in worship and praise and thanksgiving to Him. If the truth was known and there was no other reason to come to this altar, it ought to be flooded down here on the floors where you can't even walk through where people are coming just to thank Him and praise Him for His goodness upon our lives and how good He's been to us by His mercy and His grace. God's reaches at Christ's expense. No, we just need to repent from a works mentality. We make our request. Let's just relax in what God sends our way. Can I just say, we just need to let God bless us for no reason than because He loves His Son. <laughs> Listen, did you know a lot of Christians think they have to live a certain way to be blessed? God blesses His children solely because of His mercy. It ain't what you do and don't do. People have made salvation more than what it is in the Scripture. Jesus said it's simple a child can come and just believe in me that I died for them on that cross and I rose again and if they'll just invite me in their heart and ask me to forgive them I'll save them that's it it's done you've stepped into glory so to speak you're on your way there simply because of his mercy and his grace Oh, because he loves his son. <laughs> Paul said, I do not frustrate the grace of God. Don't grab the bill. Your funds can't cover it anyway. Jesus paid the price in full. All we've got to do is gladly accept it. That's it. It's a free gift. All you've got to do is receive it. That's it. You don't have to work for it. Just receive it. Receive it. It's free. Let him save you. He died for you. And he lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. Let's stand. Father, I thank you so much for your word. Oh, God, I pray for maybe that one that may be here that's lost. Oh, God, may they come. As your Holy Spirit comes to where they are right now, I pray that they would come, open up their heart, and let you in. Lord, if the truth was known, we've all got so much to praise you for. We've got so much to thank you for. We've got so much to worship you because of who you are and what you've done for us. It's all because of your goodness and your mercy and your grace that we're able to be here right now worshiping you and to be able to proclaim your word and sing songs of praise to you. Oh, how we ought to be alive in ourselves. Oh, because you've been so good to us. Oh, how we ought to have tears coming down our faces because you've been so good to us.
My, how we ought to have both hands lifted up worshiping you because you've been so good to us. My, how we might ought to eat and shout if you lead us to because you've been so good to us. Lord, I don't want to be quiet. I want to do it in the devil's face because I know the power that's in praise. Lord, I pray that you'd touch that one that's lost, that they'd be saved right now. I pray that as you speak to our hearts, may we be obedient to you in Jesus' name. As we sing, the altar's open. You may want to come and just thank him and praise him for what he's done in your life. If you're lost, why don't you just receive him? That's all you got to do is receive him. He'll save you. among us how it starts out and I want us to think about he's among us right now we have so much to praise him and thank him for I want you to think about the words to this song as Brooke sings it and let it minister to you in these few minutes all that he does all of his mercy and all of his love if the pen of the writer could write every day even this world could never contain how i have been blessed the warmth in the winter the flowers in spring the laughter good place to sleep clothes on my back and shoes on my feet I have been blessed I have been blessed God so good to me precious are his thoughts of me 
for freedom and what it is worth she sits in the harbor miss liberty calls all have gave some but some have gave all for me to be blessed he's my shoulder to lean on when i am down the rock where he leads me Thank you, Brooke. I put her right on the spot, and she did awesome, didn't she? With that song. I just love that song. Boy, it's even getting better. We've got some that want to come and unite with our church family. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. And uh, let me get this card right here, because I, I may say somebody else's name right here. All right. This is Kenneth and Glenda Prophet. And they feel like that the Lord, in fact, I've seen them raise their hand asking me to pray that God will give them peace about where he would have them to be. And they feel like God wants them here. And they want to, isn't that good? Amen. And they've been saved and baptized and they want to move their letter from Faith Baptist Church 
Could I have someone make a motion? Brother Shane makes a motion. Brother uh, Randy and Raymond seconds that motion. All in favor say aye. aye. Any opposed like sign. You want to do this one, Brother Shane? Amen. Amen. I like to give him the opportunity with these young people. This is Natalie. She's got a speech prepared. <laughs> Join Hopewell, and uh, she's not going to talk, but she has been saved, baptized. She's a member of faith. She's going to move by letter. Amen. Isn't that good? Can I have someone make a motion? We receive. Is Nadley? Man, I tell you, I'm bad with names. I should know that, shouldn't I? From that youth trip we took, they they put me to the test on that youth trip. By the way. And they all got in the room and said, we want to see if you remember our names. I did good till it got to Melody. <laughs> and I could not remember her name. And somebody said, Toon, Sing. I said, oh, Melody. <laughs> all right, could I have someone make a motion? We received Natalie, Brother Larry makes a first, Shane, and Rick and Eli seconds that motion. All in favor say aye. Any opposed like sign, and we want you folks to stand up here and as, uh, when we dismiss and let folks come up here and shake your hand, hug your neck, and uh, just tell you how good it is that you come to be a part of our family. If you want to remain seated, you can. You don't have to stand up here when we close. And, uh, but we do want our church family to get up here and let them know how glad we are that they're, they've come to be a part of our church. God's doing something in this church. I know he is. I've been in ministry 31 years, and I know God's doing something in this church. Yes.